Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. Welcome to episode 124 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle. This is the second episode of October 2014 and our Daikaiju discussion episode. Joining me for that discussion, we have Mr. Brian Cook. Hey, everybody. His wife, Rachel. Hello there. And Mr. Martin Vavra. Yo. It's actually really cool to like look out and see Kaiju Cast shirts in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to do some filming uh, earlier today, but then um, because of a, a rowdy party that happened here at the house last night, Kaiju Cast <laughs> HQ, uh, some people weren't feeling so good. So <laughs> it's like some giant monster went rampaging through yeah. the kitchen. That's called beer. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we are going to be watching. Dogra, the 1964 space monster invasion flick from Toho Studios. Before we get into that, we're going to play some music. We have some cool news, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the costume contest. And we have Pickled Ginger. We have Pickled Ginger. We actually have a few, so we're actually backed up a little bit, so we have two more after this that we can do for the following episodes. However, that doesn't mean you shouldn't send in your trivia questions specifically for us. Anyway... We're going to start things off with a crazy song. The song that makes me laugh and smile and all that good stuff because basically I find it extremely amusing. It is by two artists, Kiyoshiro Imawano and Yosui Inoue. And this is a song called Oshieti. I hope I'm saying this right. Oshieti Gigi. This is the Azuki Bean song from the Great Yokai War from 2005. Chisana Mamma, 
have returned. And uh, it almost is too bad that we were playing the music because we were having a great little discussion about yokai films. Uh, so the first song we played was a request, uh, and that was a request for Danny, one of our Kaiju Core members. He asked for the Azuki Bead song. I uh, played it in the past on our yokai-specific episodes, and we haven't done one of those in a few years. And uh, he was saying we should have another one. I uh, agree. Indeed. would we love to do that. So we were just chatting about the different yokai films, and uh, yeah, I love those movies. We're absolutely going to include them in the Daikaiju discussion when we sort of reboot that or whatever you want to call that procedure, because they're great. In the new one, the old ones, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway... After the Azuki Bean song, we played Biolante in the Lake One for Matt and his dog Ashley. And then the last song we just heard there was the main title from Dogura the Space Monster, which brings us to this. Once again, class, it's time for our Daikaiju discussions. Every month, the Kaiju cast will showcase one particular film from the giant monster landscape and task the listeners with submitting thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following discussion episode. Thanks to an online tool, I have randomly assigned one movie to each month, solidifying that the show will keep going for a long, long time. This month, we are talking about Uchu Daikaiju Dogura, which is also known as Dogura the Space Monster. It was released in August of 1964 in Japan. 1964 was a huge year for Kaiju. Mothra vs. Godzilla came out, uh, which I believe was in the spring. And then this film came out in August. And then in December, they had Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster. So, woohoo! 50th anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, it was released in December of 66 in the U.S. by AIP. And apparently it was only released for television, so it never hit the theaters. Oh, interesting. I actually am a little disappointed because I could not find the trailer. I've been having a lot of fun playing the trailer in between where we, you know, do this stuff and then kind of watch the movie. So I don't have that. Mike sent in a a little information, a little trivia about a mention that this movie had in an episode of Sanford and Son. I bet we missed a good movie on television, fooling around. They show good movies on Sunday afternoon. Let me see here. I knew it. See what we missed? Dagora, the space monster with Yosuke Natsuki <laughs> and, and Yoki Fujiyama. So who were they? they Japanese actors. What do you think? They were a couple of motorcycles? <laughs> I bet it was a good one, too. Look at this. Creatures from outer space start a wave of international jewel robberies. You know, I think that was the one where the monster eats up all the Tiffany stores. <laughs> And we missed it. So we just finished the 1964 somewhat classic kaiju classic? film. Okay. Somewhat. I said somewhat. Sure. You know, I'm I'm trying to be a little liberal with it here, you know. Yeah, uh this is an interesting one. Uh I think I already know where it's a it's a split room. Two of us have seen it before, two of us had not. Clearly, it did not really leave a mark because <laughs> there were scenes that I was like, I don't remember this. Uh, Brian, you had seen it, right? Yes. Yeah. And then Rachel, you had not. Correct. And I know Martin's never seen this gem. Nope. Ooh, I like how you tied that in. Nice no. work. <laughs> Bada bing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all punchy one-liners and puns here, you know. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> the um, for me... I uh, I had seen it. It's this uh, all the cards on the table. 
it took me several times of trying to watch this movie before I was able to actually get through it. This is a slow one. This is one of the films that I have fallen asleep with. And it, you know, it's not alone. It took me at least three times to get through Godzilla King of the Monsters because I had seen a whole bunch of other films and I was like, oh, I'll watch the original with Ryan Burr attached. And mm-hmm. uh, then I kept falling asleep. This one is just slow. So who wants to go first on their initial reactions? This is by far one of the best I have seen yet. This is definitely one of my favorites. Wow. Oh, my word. And by favorites, I mean that I've seen today as oh, far as kaiju <laughs> films that were associated with giant amoeba-like octopi <laughs> stealing diamonds. Definitely, this is the best diamond octopi movie I've seen today. It might be the best uh, diamond <laughs> octopi movie to date <laughs> yes, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I would say that uh, if anybody loves this movie dearly, we're probably going to make some fun of this film. It's... Uh, it was one of the ways, as we were watching it, I was like, this will make it easier. It's like uh, to, to swallow this entire, uh, you know, the film. Even the, I mean, we watched, we opted for the dub. We watched the international dub. Against and, my own vote. Just got to put I that still, out there. I still have to say it <laughs> probably was a good call because yeah. it's su- such a slow film. That's true. But look at the fun we had going back and adding the subtitles. <laughs> That's true. We did. There was a couple times, uh, if you watch the international dub, uh, there are a couple times when they're saying some things, and it's like, what does that even mean? Uh, Mark, J- Mark Jackson? Yeah, Mark yeah, Jackson. Mark Jackson is talking about being a magician, and because having a fake passport is the thing to do in Japan. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> really weird, yeah. What on earth? And then we went back, and uh, it was... He was saying something in the Japanese version about uh, being ninja-like. Mm-hmm. And and I totally said, like, in 1964, a majority of America or the world probably had no idea what ninja were. Because the ninja boom, there's a thing, right? That's true. <laughs> that is very It happened true. in the 80s. Yeah. You know, that's when people started getting... Getting interested in ninjas. <laughs> Was Lee Van Cleef oh, yeah. in American Ninjas? <laughs> but seriously, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it became like there were books on it and stuff mm-hmm. where there had been none before. I remember in 1986 or 87 reading a book about ninja. Yeah. I was fascinated. The the <laughs> article about the ninja parade that the Onion did a few years ago is one of the best pieces of coverage so on good. that. <laughs> so good. We're getting totally off topic though. Uh, so yes, we watched the international dub a couple times. We rewound the scene so we could listen to the international dub while we were watching the English subtitles, and it was very interesting in how different some of the stuff was. Uh, yeah, so this is your your favorite, but in the pantheon, <laughs> this this was a tough one to get through. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was there there was never an option for the show where it's like, eh, you know, if we fall asleep and don't make it, we'll we'll give it another two or three shots and then we'll record. <laughs> right, discussion <laughs> like, part one. Nope, gotta make. Sorry, it we fell asleep. <laughs> discussion part two was take two. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Rachel? Uh, I was actually quite surprised by I, the look of Dogra looked way cooler than what I had seen in the on the posters. Yeah, I looked at the Art of the Japanese Monster movies. What's that called? Oh, the, the Art, Art of Japanese um, Monsters, the yeah, poster okay, book, right? Close. Yeah, that poster book. I looked at that earlier today, and um, 
and yeah, the the actual monster, like the puppet, I guess it is that they use, is way cooler than I expected. Yeah, it's a cool looking monster, and um, I was telling these guys earlier at one of the Japanese toy shows and over the past year, X Plus had a Dogara on display, and a whole bunch of my X Plus collecting friends got really excited, thinking that X Plus was going to release that monster, and then it turns out that they. That was never the plan. They just were displaying that for a friend to gauge interest. And I guess there wasn't enough interest at the show, but I know at least about 10 people who would be dying to get a really high-quality version of that that kaiju. That space kaiju. It's a very strange <laughs> one. It's a cool-looking monster. What about you? Okay, Brian, you had seen this. Yeah, I saw this. Once or twice? Maybe one time. Yeah. Um, at, when, when I went to uh, the... G-Con or G-Fest with my brother back in the day, we just bought a bunch of movies that we had never seen before, couldn't get access to, you know? Gotcha, yeah. And Dogra was definitely one, but in that group of tapes, videotapes that we bought, uh, a lot of them were Japanese only, mm-hmm. so Dogra might have been a movie that I watched in full Japanese. No just, subs, yeah. Just reading what the plot was and what the characters <laughs> are doing. I I spent a lot of time as a kid doing that, so... Yeah. Other than that, though, it's on Godzilla Fantasia. It opens... A couple side, of scenes, yeah, yeah a couple of scenes, The yeah. beginning of side two of Godzilla Fantasia opens with Dogura, so it has footage from Battle in Outer Space and Submersion of Japan, I think, maybe. Huh. But it has some, like, city destruction scenes, and it includes the bridge sequence from Dogura, so... Yeah. See, that's what I was saying, the money shot of that mm-hmm. particular... Yeah. Uh, but that particular scene. So I had seen this, like I said, several times I attempted to watch it. And then I know for a fact that I did finish it. Cause I remember celebrating. I was like, I finished watching <laughs> the movie. Uh, and so, um, maybe this might actually be my second or third viewing in total. It's not one of the ones that, that I can watch over and over again. Doesn't really hold my attention. There's a lot of really just kind of bizarre things going on, not just in the dialogue, not just in the plot, but the characters are weird, too. And the fact that it's a diamond heist movie with a monster, it's almost like it reminds me of Gorath, right? Where you've got mm-hmm. oh, this yeah. sort of science fiction space movie where somebody said, probably Tomiyuki Tanaka, let's get a monster in there. Exactly, <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, I... But you couldn't really do this movie without the monster. I mean, the Dogura is a central plot point or axis in the film. You could probably do something else to to steal the coal, but it wouldn't have the same effect, I don't think. Anyway. Whereas, like, with your example with Gorath there, if you take the monster out of Gorath, it's the same movie, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you're literally cutting out, like... Two minutes at the mm-hmm. most yeah. uh, of Gorath if you take out Magma. But this movie is, uh, I, I, it's sort of a rarity. It's not something that a lot of people have seen. It's not one of the more popular ones. And I can, I, I honestly think, I really think that it is because it is kind of lackluster and it's got a great cast. I was, I meant to say that before, you know, this movie came out the same year as, uh, Giger the Three Headed Monster and actually shares several actors that were in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think David Callett was even saying like, they were probably shot like almost in tandem so mm-hmm. that you could, the actors could go to their job and then basically, you know, from movie one, go to movie two and right. essentially just 
do that in a, in a set amount of time. But you have Yosuke Natsuki, who was the detective both in this film and in Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster. Akiko Wakabayashi, who played the uh, extremely vampy, beautiful diamond heist chick in this movie. She played Princess Salno in Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster. Hiroshi Koizumi played a scientist, again. It's like his calling, I guess. And uh, and then you get your regulars like Ace Yamamoto, the guy with the jacked up teeth that we were noticing. And, you know, <laughs> seeing that on the big screen, him yelling in that first yeah. scene, it's it was terrifying. like, <laughs> that should be an ad for people to brush their teeth. Right. Um, He's been in a bunch of movies. Yoshibumi Tajima has been in a bunch of movies. Jun Tazaki has been in a bunch of films. And, and you know, it's good to see those regulars in a uh, kaiju film, of course. So uh, in addition to that stuff, I don't really have a lot of great things to say about this film. But uh, um, let's talk about the positives. Let's talk about what we actually liked about this Um I'm just going to let you guys go ahead first, Martin. Was there anything about this film that you actually really dug? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, first off, I'm going to agree with Rachel on uh, what I guess is the phase two of Dogura, because it's kind of a space cell amoeba first, and then it's kind of a multi-tentacle deal, and they blow it apart, and then it's more like sea wasps floating around. So I guess in the phase two thing, that was actually pretty cool. And that scene with the bridge being torn apart was really awesome. Are sea wasps. They're real? like, yeah, there's okay. a, they're really, uh, they're like a jellyfish kind of a thing. Cause what were they saying at the beginning of the movie? It's like, they were saying something like it's a space, space, firefly. Cell. space, oh, firefly. space, firefly. space, firefly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they which, said it like it's a thing that everyone should know, too. Yeah, right. is this a space firefly? Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but they were talking about a space cell the same way, too. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, they're just passing by space cells. This, you know, this is a normal thing. <laughs> we got space yeah. cells. Right. Everybody knows what space cells are. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, but space fireflies are not a thing, right? Yeah. That's just made up. That, no, yeah, as far yeah. as I know. All right. Other than firefly. The, the firefly. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. That. Of course. I mean, Come on. No, like, let's let's yeah. be real here. Yeah. Yes, let's be real. Yeah. Let's be real. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, phase two. the Yeah, the, the phase two creature was pretty creature, cool. Yeah. And like I'd commented, it kind of looked like something that it, you know, that inspired monsters by Gareth Edwards. And then you mentioned that. Uh, from the very first Hellboy movie, uh, the release of the Octu, is it Octu? Oh, the Ogru Jihad. Jihad, there you go. It uh, That was inspired from the same thing, that same kind of a look. So, no, that looked pretty cool. And for a puppet and the way they composited all those shots and everything in there, it looked, that was really good. And I felt like they spent a lot of time really kind of showing it off, too. It's like, hey, we're doing this thing, and we're, yeah. it looks pretty good, so we're going to show this for a while. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that they, they do have that sort of slow reveal even though Rachel, mm-hmm. you you recognize that in one of the newspapers we actually got to see mm-hmm. a picture yeah. of the of the monster before we actually got to see the monster in the movie. Yeah, is this the first reveal? Yeah. Like that's the monster on that newsprint. <laughs> yeah, Weird. blink and you miss it kind of thing, yeah. right? But the the actual puppet of that was really cool looking, and I loved the slow reveal where you just see the tentacles coming down and Very doing some cool. destruction stuff, yeah. and then and then when you finally see it. You know, thank God the monster does look kind of cool and otherworldly, and it's mm-hmm. not just like, I mean, I, I called it a space squid, but it doesn't look exactly like a squid. It just kind of is reminiscent because it has tentacles, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's sort of got like a weird 
you know, um, almost hot air balloon shaped sort of like uh, if you deflated a hot air balloon, like shaped body with the tentacles coming off it. I, yeah. yeah. And look, the tentacles cool. have fingers. They do. That's they really do. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can really see it in the cell animation scene, you know, the drawing of the fingers oh, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, that, but I really like that scene too, where they have, where it shows on the bridge, you know, the bright green animated sequence yeah. with the red bridge. It's kind of weird. But I, I dug it. I thought it was no. A it's neat definitely it's definitely. We- I would you know? definitely say it's weird. But at the same time, I mean, you can't. They couldn't have done that with, not really well at least, because mm-hmm. the only way they could have done it in 1964 would have been to wrap a tentacle prop around the bridge and pull it yeah. off, and then oh yeah, do a do it in yeah. reverse, right? Mm-hmm. So right. this was the way that they could get around doing that. And still give it sort of like a fluid motion, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I appreciate the efforts. I always love seeing hand-drawn cell animation in these films because it's yeah. very rare for us to see that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like in King Kong versus Godzilla, there's like animated dudes crawling on top of Kong, getting him prepped for the flight, and and so forth. So it's good. I like seeing that stuff a lot, actually. Brian, what is something that you loved about this film? Oh, the the bridge sequence all the city destruction i love that but you kind of said that so i'll take uh the music uh ifakube's score is tremendous and and again i'm a big and when i was a kid i watched godzilla fantasia like a lot over and over um and that music was on there so i heard it all the time and it's like a remixed version of that song it's actually like all electronic and sounds like weird and creepy yeah he definitely has like some electronic stuff going on mm-hmm. in that score um and a lot of that theremin mm-hmm. you know the, yeah. i love that you know, that's that great stuff is cool. <laughs> uh yeah the score is great and uh it's kind of a short one not a lot of um mm-hmm. long tracks and i think some of those the, the longest ones are just like the the main theme that we played earlier and uh some of the closing stuff but there's some interesting actual tracks on the cd you should uh, check it out if you have nice. not done so um i would say that the thing that uh the thing that i liked the most about this film was actually the puppet but i will also say that uh robert dunham as mark jackson, jackson. Yeah. i don't know why i can't i want to keep saying mark nelson but it's mark <laughs> jackson uh he i thought he was great and that actually is a great reason to watch the japanese version because he is actually speaking japanese mm. Mm. And I think it would make definitely make some more sense. Like uh, there was one point where Yosuke Natsuke's character said, uh, "Who taught you your Japanese?" That was very rude, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of interesting. It? Yeah, very vulgar, said, wasn't it? Vulgar, oh yeah, yeah, yeah vulgar. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Right. yeah. That's right. Yeah. It was good. It, I mean, he's he's definitely, in my opinion, he's the most charismatic actor. Uh, or the lead charismatic lead from that film, mm-hmm. and you know it's cool that he went back and worked with Toho several other times. If uh, if people are unfamiliar with Robert Dunham, he also played oh, it's like Antonio or something, right? In uh, I think that's his name in, in Megalon. Megalon. Yeah, he's the leader of the Cetopians. Yeah, he's the one that says "Rise up, Megalon." Yeah. He's got a mustache and a little headband that has toga. Megalon on the uh, <laughs> on the headband in the uh, toga. Yeah. Yeah. He's also in the green slime. What? Yeah, he's in the green slime. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. I have a picture on the iPad. I could pull out. Yeah, I, w- I do want to <laughs> see that, actually. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I feel like he's been in other stuff, too, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in he's in uh, Stuart Galbraith's uh, Monsters Are Attacking Tokyo book. He's interviewed in that, and he briefly talks about his experience working in several uh, Japanese movies. Oh, yeah, you're right. He was in The Green Slime. Oh, I guess he really wasn't in that many things. Oh, that's right. He was in Mothra. He was in the original Mothra, but just as a cop. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely, he got a big role in this film. And that was pretty much it for the kaiju stuff. And apparently... In 1962, he was in a movie called Operation Diamond, so (laughs) no stranger to the Diamond Heist movies, maybe? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. We know his calling. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, if I'm already talking about things that I like, i got to just throw in Akiko Wakabayashi, because I would watch that movie again just to see her, like... (laughs) Agrees. Great, great footage of that beautiful, beautiful woman. Um, well, let's talk about things we didn't like, and let's narrow it down. Uh, you can you can either talk about specifics, or if you even wanted to just say I didn't like the special effects, like you, that would be acceptable. <laughs> I'm just I'm not saying that you would say that, Rachel. I'm just saying like <laughs> you have the option. I'm not going to be really picky about that. So, uh, Martin, what was it? You know, what was the worst part about this movie to you? You and Brian were actually talking about this really quick before we started recording again, and and I was trying to pin it down. I don't know if this was a diamond heist movie that someone was like, we got to stick a giant monster in this thing because we got a good run going. Or if somebody had a giant monster and they were like, well, I got five pages with a giant monster in it. What do we do? Diamond heist because there's carbon in it. (laughs) Somebody roll with that. Like It just... It, I, I don't know how long that movie is, but it feels twice as long as whatever the running time is. And I just feel like nobody, and it may be that, was 64 a height for Toho? Yeah. Like, were they just mm-hmm. rolling in? Because yeah. I kind of, their, their movie maker. that really feels like somebody was just like, it's a cop buddy movie with a pie. Get that one going now. Yeah. Now. Like roll on it. We'll write the script on set. <laughs> and know? totally, like I said earlier, same, same year as both Mothra versus Godzilla and, uh, and Gidra, Gidra the yeah. monster. Yeah. So, I mean, it's absolutely without a doubt, there is an element of rush production in there. I, I mean, you can't get away from it. It has to, yeah. it has to be happening that way. So, yeah, that's, uh, so that's, that's my thing with yeah. that one. Okay. What about you, Rachel? I'd say not enough karate chops. <laughs> so if you're interested in a drinking game. A lot of karate chops towards the beginning. Yeah, you could say every time somebody does a karate uh, chop or an attempted karate chop. Yes, because then, yeah, you think, oh, there's one. Oh, no. So you can trick your friends into maybe drinking early. Yeah, I've got a good one. Every time the young... Uh, why the hell is he in this movie <laughs> as a, uh, yeah, Sabu. Sabu. Every time Sabu does something stupid, take a drink. Oh, gosh, a <laughs> oh man. You'll want to oh, drink just man. because of the things he's doing. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Uh, okay. So what about you, Brian? Uh, this one suffers from just really bad pacing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, and I can't really put my, my finger on exactly what I feel is wrong with it. I know that uh, uh, sometimes I criticize in, in a lot of these this genre movie, we end up in a, a room filled with military people looking at maps, mm-hmm. and that can sometimes be... We didn't I think really get that. Slow. In this movie? A little bit we did, but you know what we bit. got a lot more of? We got a lot more of the scientists doing things to, yeah. to fix the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So some of those things, if you don't give me the payoff with the big monster 
then uh-huh. then sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm not quite in for that ride. But, you know, it's it's not a major complaint. It's this is a this is definitely a skippable Toho movie though, if you can't find it. So Yeah. I would say if um if I had to choose one thing that I didn't care for, it was the screenwriting. It was the mm-hmm. the actual story itself. Which is why at the end of the film, I was like, okay, I got to see who wrote this. And I was shocked that it was Shinichi Sekizawa because typically Sekizawa turns in scripts that I absolutely adore. You know, Monster Zero, Mothra vs. Godzilla. Uh, I believe he also did Godzilla vs. Gigan. I think he did the original Mothra too. Because he wow. takes his thing is he takes treatments, right? So people write stories and he like reads through them. And picks out the best parts, and then he crafts his own story loosely based on theirs. And uh, he's, you know, he's really good about saying, "No, that's not going to work. No, that's not going to work." So, you know, if this was a a a product of rushed production from the very beginning, pre-production even, then that's probably why it suffered so much in the in the actual story. But I, you know, I just never felt a compelling like for any of the characters. You know, the the guy who's supposed to be the lead in this movie, Yosuke Natsuke's character, like, terrible. Like, I just wanted to make fun of him the entire time. (laughs) The worst cop in Japan, you know, I would imagine. And he's in charge and then the lead in this movie. Well, he came up with the undercover outfit idea. So, (laughs) Do you know that he came up with that or was that somebody else? Well, I would imagine only a smart guy like him, you know. Wine delivery. <laughs> Here to deliver your wine. I only knock after I come in. Oh, good lord! Yeah. Woo! <laughs> some real stinkers in there. What's going on, Sekizawa? Uh, yeah, you know, but that's it is what it is, and I wouldn't. I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and move into my final thoughts. I'm glad that I own this movie for a couple reasons. One is because it's part of the pantheon. We'll hear somebody say, like, does this even count as a kaiju movie? And it, in my opinion, it totally does. Because the kaiju is a central plot point to the film. Having said that, though, <laughs> I can see how you would associate this with something like Gorath, where it's like, ah, we got to throw in a giant monster in this, too. You know, it's just sort of the monster for being in the movie isn't in the movie very often. And it's only really one or two destruction scenes there's mm-hmm. plenty of floating ships let's i i mean we could go into that too but like i'd say that it's i'm glad i have it for that reason i'm also glad i have it because of that whole supply and demand thing and now people are charging like 100 plus dollars for it online which is ridiculous mm. you know so i hope nobody listening bought the movie from amazon <laughs> just to watch it yeah uh I mean, bravo for you if you did, but you know, it's just that that's the kind of thing that drives me crazy about this, about collecting these films. Uh, but it's just not something I'm going to watch. I mean, if they put it out on Blu-ray, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. If it has special features, I'll watch it for sure. I mean, I'd, I loved learning things about these movies and there's very little information about Dogura mm-hmm. out there. So it was cool. It was cool to watch it again, especially cool to watch it with my friends, knowing that this was the, gonna be a boring one we 
chose to not go the Gorath route. I don't know if Martin remembers when we watched Gorath, but we were all very respectfully quiet. <laughs> and then That's not fun. Heather and Martin both dozed off a little bit during the film. <laughs> so It's true. Yeah, but you know, it's good it's good to watch these and and have fun with it. And uh I would not show this to a kaiju newbie. I think you definitely have to be through the rest of the ones before you get to this one. Yeah. 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 This is a deep cut. Yeah. Deep cut. And you know, this is uh I don't have right now. I don't have a Dogora in my collection. And that's, that's why is because this is not one of the movies that I go, let me search for Dogora on the <laughs> Japanese websites where I buy my toys. Yeah. Final thoughts, Mr. Martin. I would definitely not show this to a newbie person. However, I fully intend on watching this film again on the drunken commentary. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I guess when we're hurting for drunken commentaries, this one probably pretty high up on the list. Yes. I, I, I would put this toward the bottom of the list of, you know, kaiju films. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention that um, there's some really cool cars in the film that kind of look like Ultraman's <laughs> costume. <laughs> And so that was pretty sweet. I kept hoping there'd be some sort of Ultraman theme song when the cars <laughs> would show up. Never happened. But uh but no, there's there's little things in this movie that are fun and silly and enjoyable, like the I like the colored rocks at the end of the Dogra body parts, I guess, <laughs> falling yeah. on everybody. Uh it's just like crazy bizarre and like, oh wow, that's the what you decided to go with. Um, but, but yeah, I don't think I would show it to anybody that hasn't seen a bunch of other kaiju films. But, uh, but yeah, it's fun with friends always. Definitely. Always a better way to see these kind of movies. How about you, Brian? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not essential. If you can find it, if you can track it down, good for you and definitely give it a spin. It's, you know, it's, it's a piece of curiosity to me as a Toho fan, as a as a monster <laughs> fan. So it was definitely cool to watch again, um, but not essential. So there you go. There's our Daikaiju discussion, at least for our guys here in the studio. We are going to move on to our Kaiju Colonels. These are the top level folks who have joined the Kaiju Cast support program, which is called the Kaiju Corps. We're going to start things off with Jace. Hey, this is the Daikaiju discussion homework for Jace. Um, I only had the privilege of watching Dogra for the first time this year. I have to say that, in general, I was impressed with the film much more on my second viewing. Mixing the science fictional elements in with the crime thriller really gave me a feeling of Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster Redux, much to my delight. The creature was undoubtedly unique, Lovecraftian in scope, and the effects work during its attack on Kyushu are simply breathtaking. I think it was one of the most beautiful scenes of any kaiju movie and it really gave one a sense of awe and immensity. The final scene with the multi-stage attack on Dogra is just incredible. Some of the most creative stuff in the Toho film. Generally speaking, I'd say there were a lot of interesting out-of-the-box ideas in the film. The execution, however, leaves a little something to be desired. Thematically, the movie is pretty straightforward, but the prospect of a planet-threatening kaiju that simply consumes carbon like a vacuum is not without its symbolic significance. In a lot of funded films, we see monsters that are attracted to commodities, in this case, diamonds and coal, which necessarily embeds some social commentary into the films. Nonetheless, this one, like Gator the Three-Headed Monster, is mostly an action-adventure, 
blending crime thriller and kaiju film, so there is not much underneath the surface. Speaking of deeper themes in kaiju films, if you get a chance, check out my interview with Andy Campbell of the Kaiju 101 podcast. It's the most recent episode. Hope my fellow Kaiju Cast fans take the time to listen. I had a great time. Thanks a lot. So Jace mentioned something about Ishiro Honda and his uh, commentaries that are usually in these films. And as we were watching this, I was actually, there were a couple of times where I was actually thinking to myself, what is the message behind this film? And if it's there to me, at least, if it's there, it's way too subtle because I don't, I didn't get that feeling that there's some sort of, maybe the world has to fight Dogura. I mean, we saw a headline at one point that said mm-hmm. like, it's a, it's the, a science message actually yeah. in that diamonds come from carbon. That's just the message. That like, was the message. <laughs> so Dogura is an educational tool. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right on. Watch your Mythbusters, kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to Danny. 1964 was a big year for Toho, and one that saw not one, but two Godzilla films produced. One that would go down as perhaps the best of the series, and the other one a film that began the Monster King's transformation from Destroyer of Worlds to nuclear-powered superhero. But that same year also saw a release of a third film from the Honda Tsuburaya Sekizawa Ifukube team, and one that would, understandably, be overshadowed by the concurrently produced Godzilla features. And of course, that film was Uchu Kaiju Dogora, which is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated of all the Toho Kaijuega. It's one of my personal favorites due to its odd and unique title creature, and its even odder mashup of film genres. Most of the film centers on the hunt for the diamond smugglers, and so much of the story is dedicated to this plot that the film could very well have existed, strictly as a crime drama, with no sci-fi elements at all. But as we all know, giant monsters always make a movie better. A similar approach was taken with 1958's The H-Man, which combined the aesthetics of noir and horror sci-fi to create a unique monster picture. But Dogura is a far more fun film, thanks to Sekizawa's humor-laced script and memorable characters. The players are all familiar to us kaiju fans, and a number of them would go on to appear in Giju the Three-Headed Monster that same year, including the always alluring Akiko Wakabayashi who plays her part with perhaps even more sensuality than her character in You Only Live Twice. And that's saying something. On the good guy's side, leading man Yosuke Natsuki does an amazing job as Inspector Komei, warming up for his role as Detective Shindo in Ghidra. Hiroshi Koizumi and Atragon's heroine Yoko Fujiyama are good as well, despite having nothing to do in the story. But it is the late, great Robert Dunham as Mark Jackson, Diamond G-Man, who steals the show with his comedic and endearing performance. Usually limited to playing insignificant Occidental characters, um, including the Emperor of Seatopia, his most famous role, Dunham finally gets the chance to shine here, and his character is one of my personal favorites of the genre. On the monster side of things, Eiji Tsuburaya created some of the most bizarre and surreal imagery of his career, from piles of coal shooting up into the dark clouds to the centerpiece of the film, Dogura's Attack. Despite posters being plastered with images of multiple tentacled Dogura's attacking Japan, only one appears, and briefly at that. But the scene is so well executed and memorable, it's easy to forgive the length. In the end, I'm sure and positive, in fact, that Dogura is as quote-unquote unpopular as it is entirely due, and this is entirely due to the relative obscurity of the film. But for those who have discovered it, its visual aesthetics are never to be forgotten. A fun fact for you Hellboy fans out there, Kyle, I'm sure you know this, Kaiju not Guillermo del Toro included an homage to Dogura in the first Hellboy movie, in the scenes where the squid-like Ogdru Jihad extend their tentacles through the clouds. The vision John Hurt is given of the end of the world shows Dogura-like tentacles above a decimated city, a clear indication that the legacy of this bizarre kaiju film, now 50 years old, lives on. Four flying armored bank trucks out of five. 
Wow, that's a pretty good review. Yeah. Pretty and I mean you've Danny, you've given that high marks and actually you you brought up some really valid points. Uh next up we have Steven. Hello, Kyle, Kaiju Cast and fellow Kaiju Corps members. This is Rabbi Steve reporting on my viewing of the movie Dogura. I watched it both in English and in Japanese. I thought the Japanese mix was better, gave more presence to the sound effects and the music, especially. The score by Fukube was wonderful. Uh, one of his, one of my favorites now. I just, I'd never seen this movie before, but now I love it. I thought it had a nice blend between the science fiction and the giant monster and also between the the giant monster story and the crime story i like i like that juxtaposition i thought it was a nice blend and gave in a way more reality to the science fiction and giant monster story i thought also a lot of the science fiction elements with the wasp venom and the whole way they resolved and eventually defeated the monster was was kind of cool um, it was a great movie. The humor, the blend between humor and drama, and the chemistry between the leads. It was a good movie all the way around, and I thank you for letting us be part of this discussion. I look forward to many more, and I look forward to watching this movie a lot more times. Bye for now. All right, and the last Kaiju Core colonel to send in his homework was Mr. Andy Campbell from Kaiju 101. Okay. Here's a premise for a movie. A squid from outer space comes to Earth to steal our diamonds. And its only weakness? Bees and wasps! And when it dies, it turns into fruity pebbles and crushes jewel thieves. (laughs) How can that movie be boring? Unfortunately, Dogura is so, so boring. There are elements that I like. The monster itself looks really cool. But the whole monster part is pretty much superfluous to the rest of the movie, which is a a heist movie about diamond thieves. It's as if the studio saw the script and said, "Mm, it's not bad, but it needs more monsters. It all just feels shoehorned in. This could be forgiven if the movie were interesting, but I'm not going to lie, I almost fell asleep. Maybe watching the original Japanese version would help, as the voiceover actors sounded as lulled to sleep by the movie (laughs) as I was. Doesn't help. I like to think that Dogra was actually a hero sent to help Earth. By stealing all the coal, the dirtiest fossil fuel around, Dogra was only (laughs) trying to help us solve the global warming crisis before it even began. Destroying the bridges and a few buildings were merely collateral damage. The government only cared about stopping him because he took a few diamonds along with him. Nice to see where their priorities are. He could have saved the polar ice caps from melting, but no. Rich folks need their diamonds. Anyways, I'll I'll keep it short. I didn't like it. Hopefully hopefully other people do. Hopefully other people enjoyed it. I didn't. The monster looked neat. All ten seconds of him. <laughs> I love Andy. <laughs> I, I'm interested to see if Andy actually did time how long the monster was in the Ooh. in the movie because he's doing that whole yeah. kaiju control group thing if you don't listen to kaiju 101 you should definitely do that and he's got a lovely podcast about the science behind giant monsters now that is it from our kernels remember if you want to get your homework turned in like that all you need to do is join the kaiju core at the kernel level it comes with all sorts of cool stuff i have a great hopefully update about the kaiju core stuff towards the end of the show but we have more discussion that we have to get into 
We're going to go ahead and read through the next homeworks, which were sent in the old analog-ish way. Adam writes in to say that Dogura is a unique monster and the film's premise, a giant space creature sucking up coal before presumably ingesting human beings, is not without merit. The script is heavily influenced by the popular Bond franchise, and Dogura contains a number of plot elements worthy of any spy fleck. Outer space gadgetry, secret panels, beautiful women, a Caucasian secret agent armed with international credentials, and karate chops. He's also yeah. armed with a <laughs> pop gun that throws out, con- uh, not confetti, what do you call streamers? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Subaraya's effects are minimal and not really, not nearly as spectacular as they have been in his previous efforts, as the destruction caused by Dogura is confined to a limited area. The majority of the effect scenes showing the Dogura on the coal fields were accomplished by reverse photography. While a number of shots were grimy and scratchy, well below Subaraya's usually high standards. I'm actually going to put a pause here for a second. And I know that a bunch of it was shot in reverse, but I thought it was actually really impressive that whenever they were sucking up the coal, I didn't actually see a lot of pieces doing that thing that they would do in a re- reverse shot where they bounce a little bit and move before they fly yeah. up into the air. So I'd say kudos to Subaraya on that because that seems like it would be very difficult to master. Well, there's another type of shot uh, that it could be that I was thinking uh, in, uh, I think it's Battle in Outer Space, there's a UFO that's like sucking buildings yeah, up. it's like a gigantic uh, vacuum cleaner it's space totally saucer. Yeah, looks awesome. Yeah. But uh, I think maybe those effects were used here and it looks like it's maybe, I don't know, I'm guessing that it's just kind of like fans blowing stuff upwards is how they do that effect in Battle in Outer Space. That's just a guess. Interesting. Because right they look like thin like buildings and i i thought that maybe was happening a little bit here in in dogra i don't know i can't remember a specific scene where i thought that was maybe a possibility but yeah if only there was some special features i could watch (laughs) i I would say that it was probably in reverse they dropped the stuff and it's and it's mostly because of the way it looks at what is the very end the way everything kind of goes up at mm-hmm. the very end when it, all the coal is finished yeah. off, that looks very much like they just opened something and dropped. Just the way all of that stuff is gathered up like it was falling, It's mm-hmm. that that's where I would see it from that look. Okay, right on. Uh, back to Adam here. He says, Honda also took an overt step in portraying the jewel thieves as stupid to such a degree that it's impossible to take them seriously. The thieves are basically bungling fools that essentially accomplish nothing. It's a wonder they can use a blowtorch without burning their fingers off. Adam has read that Dogura was a financial disappointment and that Honda probably knew at the time this film was being made that his human stories were beginning to be overshadowed by Subaraya's monsters. It was beginning to look as though the Honda slash Subaraya films were really Subaraya slash Honda films. Also, this may have led to Dogura being Honda's last single monster movie. It seems logical to assume that the orders had come down from Tanaka to lighten the mood. Thus, the groundwork was laid for the following film, whose very structure was similar to Dogra's, a confusing cornucopia of detectives, assassins, royalty and espionage, (laughs) stargazers, and shooting stars. Godzilla would be back, as would Mothra and Rodan, and there would once again be a monster from space, only this time one which was a vast improvement over Dogura and one whose popularity would rival even the king of the monsters. In the end, 
There isn't anything that really stands out about this movie. Dogra is a pretty interesting monster in the Toho roster, impervious to most weapons, but doomed to die a very strange and inglorious death. Dogra, the space monster slash Uchu Daikaiju Dogra, is probably not the greatest movie ever. Matt and his dog Ashley note that there is a definite sense of fun amidst the global peril as Team Monster, Team Gangster, Team Police, and Team Science battle for victory in the 1964 movie genre mashup, Dogra. Watching this movie feels a bit like watching a race, with the different factions jockeying for position and occasionally crashing into each other along the way. Individually, there are no real standout characters, except maybe for Mark Jackson, a.k.a. Antonio of Cetopia, whose attitude in the face of thugs and space monsters keeps the mood light. Hovering over all the action down below is Dogra, a tentacled alien masterfully realized by Eji Tsuburaya. Scenes of flashing clouds and the creature's tentacles dangling over the city below are real eye-catchers and belong on a sci-fi effects highlight reel. Dogra's defeat and the gangster's flattening in a scene reminiscent of Bambi meets Godzilla make for a bit of an abrupt end to the movie. Dogra feels different than most Toho monster movies. It'd be better to think of it as a gangster movie, with one of the characters being a big tentacled monster of doom. The unmistakable Ifukube soundtrack features nascent versions of themes he would expand upon in later movies. Overall, Matt and his dog Ashley give Dogra six tentacles out of eight. Dogura is one of those kaiju iega more easily enjoyed by adults than children. As a kid, Mike just wanted to get the monster stuff and away from all of this diamond heist nonsense. It also perplexed the heck out of his six-year-old self when the objects levitated into the air. TV commercials promoting the film advertised Dogura as a space jellyfish and showed some clips of the bridge attack. So when the truck, people, and other things started floating he tried to convince himself that they were being lifted by faint, transparent tentacles that he was always straining to see. The movie is visually beautiful and relatively clever and lighthearted overall, like Topkapi meets Godzilla. Uh, which, by the way, I had to look up a trailer for that movie. I'd never, never heard of it before. Hmm. The plot moves pretty fast, and a few elements fall between the cracks of elaboration, like why did Dogura levitate the drunk guy and the thieves at the film's beginning? By the way, if you watch the beginning of Dogura and uh, when the diamond thieves go all blue screen, you know, the optical mm -hmm. printer sort of uh, composited on the background, uh, you just have to play some like music and it looks like they're floating to a dance party. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Dunham impresses by speaking Japanese himself without any other actor looping his dialogue, but the Media Blasters disc does him the disservice of not listing him in the English credits. Mike finds it an unnecessary contrivance to suggest that Dogara was a radioactive mutation of cells in the Earth's atmosphere, as though the revelation that there are cells in the atmosphere is no big deal. What else is up there? He'd like to think that's where all his missing socks, cell phones, umbrellas, and other things go. Why not just make Dogara completely extraterrestrial? It would be a much easier explanation. Um, and then Mike sometimes just throws in some thoughts towards the end of his thing. So he says... Uh, he always loves it when giant monsters are threatening the planet, and that that's not everyone's main concern. <laughs> the movie is a great advertisement for sunglasses as a fashion accessory. <laughs> uh, poor Akiko Wakabayashi, she found out the hard way that it pays more to be a Bond girl than it does to be a bad girl. And an oft-overlooked, interesting, and unique addition to Toho's Showa Tokusatsu Pantheon 
is Dogora. Paul is glad he was able to find the Tokyo Shock version of this film via BitTorrent because he found it to be a fun film to watch. While the two disparate storylines don't always blend well, Dogura is a very unique kaiju, and the special effects are very effective. Hmm, I'm not sure what this BitTorrent thing (laughs) is, but uh, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Ooh, this is cool. Alex. Is that right? Is that where we are? I'm going to make sure I'm not doing that wrong. From Melbourne. I am, I am not going to do the accent because I would be terrible at it. Do you really want me to try? No. I'm going to embarrass myself. <laughs> Alex from Australia. No, I'm not going to do it. So we got a, we got a listener a from Australia. Bit, yeah. Yeah. Now he no longer, he no longer listens. Yeah. No, I'm, it's really cool. Uh, we've got somebody who listens from Melbourne, Australia. Sweet. Nice. So, uh, that was great while it lasted. Yeah, thank you for <laughs> sending in your homework, Alex, and please don't stop listening. Uh, Alex from Australia writes that if nothing else, Dogura is completely unique among the Toho Daikaiju movie stable. It's kind of debatable whether this even counts as a Daikaiju film. This is the first time he has seen this movie, and it will probably be the last, at least of the dubbed version, which was unfortunately the only version Alex could get a hold of. He will admit most of the criticisms of this film could be directly the result of the crappy dub or edit of this version, but he has nothing else to go on. In fact, I actually would say, like, I'm pretty sure that this edit has not been edited. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, the chances of you seeing an AIP dub or Titra sound dub uh, are pretty slim. So I'm imagining, especially because you're in Australia, that you saw the same version we saw, which was the international version. He says, this film could be accurately described as boring, unfunny jewel thief comedy with the, with an incidental giant space monster. Alex likes that this movie attempts to do something different by combining a comedic jewel thief story with an alien invasion story. But unfortunately it doesn't work on either point. Ultimately, the movie is unfunny and confusing. The saving grace is that for a small amount of time when Dogura is on screen, he is awesome. One of the most unique and interesting Toho monsters. Alex just wishes that we got way more of a backstory or explanation. Overall, Dogura is a great idea, poorly executed, and only moderately entertaining. Jason says that Dogura is pretty darn dull and a slog to get through. It's competently made, the music and special effects work are solid, if repetitive, the diamond smuggling plot is confusing, it's not a bad movie, but the sci-fi and crime elements didn't work for him at all. Skip Dogura and watch any of the Honda-directed kaiju film along with a good Japanese crime film. The Nikatsu Noir box set, or Pale Flower, both available in the Criterion, are a great place to start. Dogura is only for hardcore tokusatsu fans. And I would agree, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, well, there you have it. That is everything for our Daikaiju discussion homework for this month for the giant space monster Dogura film. Uh, I enjoyed this. This was fun. I liked I liked it. Normally, when we, uh, when we talk about doing Pickled Ginger, it's because we spent so much time like reading homework and like, <laughs> getting tongue-tied. But I actually think that this, this month's Pickled Ginger will be better just as a palate cleanser from watching Dogra. There you go. (laughs) Uh, You guys probably actually want to know what next month's movie is. What is it? I do. Okay, so November 2014. (laughs) Maniacal laugh. 
We're watching Godzilla's Revenge, a.k.a. Yes. Sweet. All Monsters Attack. Yes. <laughs> you say sweet now, Mr. Vabra. Yeah. You might want to bow out. <laughs> this is one of the most, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would say it's one of the most hated Godzilla movies yeah. out there. Yeah? Yeah, I actually don't hate it. It's not I the most hated. I really enjoy it. Wow, that's interesting, because yeah. I really love it, and I defend I, yeah. it. Yeah. Well, so I really loved it for a little while, but I went from hating it to loving it, and now I kind of like it. I'm kind of like going back to, there. there's aspects of it we'll talk about next month. Uh, that I don't like about it, that are that kind of bother me a little bit. But uh, if you want to get your homework turned in for that particular episode, oh, next month is November, and we have Thanksgiving to deal with. So <laughs> let's see here. <laughs> this is our turducken. Yeah, have episode. your have your homework turned in by November twenty first. If you want to have your thoughts, questions, and reviews part of our Daikaiju discussion episode. Godzilla's Revenge. All right. <laughs> Godzilla's the one with the bad breath. <laughs> okay. Who's ready for some pickled ginger? Me. Okay, so I, who tell, did I tell this to you guys, or did, did you hear it too? I think this might be, you know, something that anybody here could be the, uh, the winner of this particular one. Yeah. yeah. I think you did you say that to all of us? I, I know I said I it to know. you guys when you I came know I was in. Here. I don't think so. I don't Okay. Yeah, you didn't so. hear it, so it was before no. you came in. Yeah. Basically, this uh was sent in by Duff. Duff, thank you for sending in this pickle ginger. And I have not gone through and and checked this because because of the questions. So, you guys ready huh. for this? Pickle okay. ginger. I'm very curious. Among Showa-era kaiju in the Toho series, how many tails are there collectively? Oh, wow. Whoa! I'm going to say five. Eleven. Instead of it being like you keep guessing, give one guess. <laughs> that was my one guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's good. It. And so the closest person will, will win this point. Just give I'm up, Brian. Change I'm going to change my answer to seven. Okay. I'm actually counting them out, though. <laughs> <laughs> Cheater! <laughs> I, I think we need the little egg timer. We need wow. the Ultraman! There... Oh, it's uh, it's behind you. It's up there. I'll get it. I'm, I'm... I have extra time to think now while he's getting oh, out. Oh, yes, no, yes, yes. probably not a good thing. I should not recount. have said the Ultraman timer. I ran, I ran through them all really quick. Like I already nailed it. Beep. Distracting Beep. you? I don't know if this is going to work. i got to remember how to actually work the Ultraman timer. Plus, this is a three-minute timer, and that's not going to actually work. Oh, man, this is going to give him way too much. He's going to actually figure it out. I'm going to guess 13. Ah! What? Nope, that's not working. Okay, so it was 11, 11. 7, and 13. The answer is 15. Mm. Ah. Godzilla, Angulus, Minya, Baragon, Varan, uh, Gorosaurus, Gigan, Megalon, Mechagodzilla, King Caesar, Titanosaurus, Mogura, and Manda all have one, and King Ghidra has two. King Ghidra has two. Uh, Manda is a tail. That's not, <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> okay. Second question. Among the Showa-era kaiju of the Toho series, how many horns do they have collectively? <laughs> oh. 
wow. On I their like, heads. I like how everyone's like eyes goes. <laughs> and big spikes. Scan the room. Oh yeah. And gosh. for the purpose of simplicity, we will ignore Varan. I was just gonna ask that. And we're going to and we're not gonna do antenna, so horns. Wow. Okay. Oh my. I I have my one number. Okay, go for it. Thirty one. Thirty one. Martin says thirty one. Should I do I need to do it? Four a horns? Or wait. What are we counting? Horns and what else? Is that just it? Horns? How many horns, horns do they have collectively? Collectively. On their heads. And we are counting antenna or not? We are not counting, counting antenna. antenna. We are not counting Varan. Ignore four, Varan. Four and everyone in this room is cheating because we're all just looking at toys, <laughs> by the way. Is it how, well, how did I cheat, man? I picked my number. I'm in. <laughs> I'm I'm what was your number again? <laughs> 31. Ooh, 31. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm going to. S- that one doesn't count, Brian. I like oh, how this was. I like this round better because, that? like, it's less about Brian speed answering yeah. and it's more about, like, <laughs> seeing everybody looking up and around me. I'm gonna Except say, you. I'm going to say 17. <laughs> you're just like, you're playing it right. 17. 17. Okay. But I have some questions. Brian, you got to follow up. Oh, you got to give me your. Uh, I'm going to go seven. Seven? Yeah. Okay. According to Duff. The answer is 27. <laughs> nice work, Martin. Wow. How many did you say? 31. Oh. So you're like counting Angulus's full crown of horns? Angulus has six. Uh, see, King Ghidra has nine. Rodan has two. That's what I was wondering. I I do has, how many do you count? Yeah. As the you count horns, them all. It's kind of, well, <laughs> shut up. You can no. hate me. <laughs> I couldn't. It's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, certain artwork, he kind of looks She's like so he's mad. a different kind She's of... She's so mad to not know this. <laughs> so. It's okay. All right. Good questions. Yeah. Right. Rodan has two. Baragon, Gabra, and Megalon have one. Gigan has one or three, depending on how you look at it. And Manda has four. Manda. I didn't count Manda's. King Caesar has a horn. He has like a thumbprint in his head. Oh. That's not a horn. <laughs> that doesn't count. I don't think that's a. Oh, I don't think that's a horn. It looks like a horn on I your. I wouldn't figure call there. it a horn. I'd call it a horn. I'd say it's a crown. But mm, okay, okay. okay. Ca- call it. Tw- know. Call it twenty-eight. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, closer yeah. to my third. It's called Duff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that anyway, the, the deal was that Duff submitted those quite a while ago, and we I glazed over them because he only submitted those re- two questions really. So. That was our that was our pickle ginger. I I sort of like initially was like, oh dude, you gotta submit more than that. And then I went back and reread them, especially after our last rounds, and I was like, yeah. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. So That's yeah. Really yeah. thank you Those very much, great. Duff. Good uh, job, dude. We are going to play a song and then we're going to get into the news. So uh this is a relevant song to the news. So uh we'll be back in just a minute. United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. 
So uh, we're going to start off things with a little bit of a bummer. And the reason we played that last song, which is called A Sign of Godzilla uh, by Akira Fugabe, and that was from Godzilla versus King Ghidra, uh, is because it's relevant because Anna Nakagawa, the actress that played Emmy in that film, passed away last week. Aww. Kind of young, too. I guess she had cancer. So... Uh, I'll have a link in the show notes to an article about that on Asahi.com. But that is our bummer news, and we can move on to some more positive things now. Sci-Fi Japan has a giveaway for the Art of Japanese Monsters, the softcover version, which is due out very soon. So have, like I said, a link in the show notes to that, so you can go and enter and try and win your own if you haven't already picked it up. Also on Sci-Fi Japan, we have SH Monster Arts, Godzilla 2000, the Sakai like uh, version of that, right? So it looks more cat-like. Are you guys familiar with that uh, design difference between the movie version and the pro, uh, the sort of like concept art version? Right. So like uh, the w- the way he looked in the movie, his, his uh the top of his head is sort of more like uh, the King Kong versus Godzilla, and yeah. in the um in the Japanese, yeah, like yeah. that right there. So that's what the prototype artwork sort of looked like from the profile there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they, it's a very popular piece of con. It's, it is cute. It is actually <laughs> really cute. Uh, it's a very popular piece of concept art. And they did a Godzilla 2000 from SH monster arts. And that apparently is really popular. Cause I know oh. people who have not, did not get it. They were like, what? Oh, I'm going to go get it. And now they're looking at an over $200 for the, oh for the figure. And this just came out like last year. So, uh, Tamashi Nations is releasing another paint variant of that, or a new paint variant version where it's got less purple on the spines. Really does actually look kind of cool. I'm not going to get it just because I, I'm trying to wean myself off of the SH Monster Art stuff. Same thing I said last time. <laughs> and then they announced Bachelor Larva. Yeah. My precious. Right. <laughs> but, uh, now, do they make him kind of more of a green skin like in the movie or? No, he's pretty, I mean, pretty it's pretty much or... like dark, dark gray skin. I'm are you, wondering. are you looking around for a version of that? Yeah. Bottom shelf of the glass cabinet behind you. That's oh, yeah, what it looks okay. like. Yeah. Okay. But this one doesn't have the purple spines. It's sort of a light gray spines. It's okay. kind of cool looking. Yeah. Anyway, so I'll have a link in the show notes to the sci-fi Japan article about that. And then I can't remember if we talked about this. So here goes. Uh, September previews, which came out last month, announced some Medicom soft vinyl kaiju that are going to get released here in the States through Diamond, including a weird Spider-Man one. Did we talk about that on the podcast? No. I know we talked about it off, off the podcast, but yeah, there's a Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man vinyl figure looks like, you know, like it's from M1 or something. Oh, that's awesome. But they also have a couple of Godzillas and an absolutely gorgeous Gigan figure, oh, Showa era Gigan. So. Wait, so does it look like an M1 figure, the Gigan as well? Yeah, yeah, they oh, all have that sort of features to them. Yeah, colorful, so. Yeah, yeah I just, uh, I just, uh, put them up all together on that mm-hmm. top shelf up there. But anyway, so those awesome. are, that's pretty much our news. For the for the uh, for this particular episode, we also have a warning. If you are like me and you have Google news alerts coming into your email and for like Godzilla 
Just be aware if you ever see something from a website called K Pop Stars, their articles are all bogus. And it's like someone decided to do clickbait articles <laughs> for, I'm sure mm -hmm. they're getting yeah. hits on, you know, ads and stuff like that. But man, it's not real. Stories, yeah, totally yeah. not real. So don't believe a word you see on their website if you see something like that. We're going to move along to catastrophic events. Nothing's going on. No catastrophic events because this weekend in Parsippany, Parsippany, New Jersey, they had Chiller Theater. I have a whole bunch of friends that were there and taking photos of them and all the three Godzilla actors. And I'm, awesome. I'm sitting here getting drunk in Portland with my friends saying, yeah, I know who needs you at Chiller Theater. But yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. Um, actually I did, I was, uh, sometimes I go to those events and people are like, okay, can you get this for me? Can you get, you know, autographs and i'm usually happy to to help out if i can or if you know i don't have too many requests this time i had people getting stuff for me nice so they're gonna be some nice uh additions to the kaiju cast hq from there hopefully we will get some more of those kinds of events i am always happy to try and go down i've already sort of mentally committed to going down to monster palooza instead of going up to seattle for emerald city comic-con so let's hope some really cool guests are added to the monster palooza roster yeah um haunted housekeeping because you know we're, we're close to uh Very which nice. is what i was doing all day yesterday <laughs> uh anyway no we got a couple things to talk about number one is Rachel and Brian came over, and I still haven't posted it, so I'll include that photo of us in this blog posting. They came over last week, and we determined what the prizes are going oh, to be for the was, Halloween okay. costume contest. <laughs> I was like, what photo? I thought you were talking about yesterday. <laughs> no, no, no. I know I'm. I'm I don't being remember confusing. a photo. <laughs> this is interesting. We Speaking just got our first costume contest submission. Yes. yes. All right. I know there's some Ooh. other people out there. You know, you got a a couple of weeks for the deadline, which yeah. was uh. November 9th, mm -hmm. was it, I yes. think? Or 6th? Yes. Make sure to check out kaijucast.com for the page uh, detailing all the rules there. We have the prizes right here, so we're just going to tell you what the prizes are, and I can't remember what the breakdown is off the top of my head, but we have one Godzilla messenger bag. We have one Godzilla Blu-ray, and this is the Target edition that has the... You've got that right there, right, Martin? Yeah, let me see that. This also has the exclusive 30-minute bonus feature, Godzilla, Rebirth of an Icon, only available on the Target version. We have one of Diamond Select Toys Godzilla 1989 banks, a graphic novel of World War Kaiju, which includes a bookmark. Uh, also, the Magnetic Poetry kaiju edition from world so war kaiju cool. which is yeah. so so it's cool awesome. really finding it difficult to want to give that away <laughs> <laughs> i was like this should be on my fridge and then i should make more yes. uh and then last but not least there will be some kaiju cast stickers and every single prize pack there's three of them in total every single prize pack will also get a monster project cd and don't forget there is a pet category space cat versus dogzilla Yes, yes. <laughs> and on that one, I will be making a very special hand handmade pet toy. And it'll definitely be custom to whatever animal you submit. Nice. So may I may I spend a little bit of time praising the works the crafty works of Rachel here. 
Yes. We have on uh, in our bedroom a pillow that has Burning Godzilla's silhouette and Kaiju Negora, which is the uh, the cat kaiju that was created by... Uh, ooh, I can't remember the artist who made that. But basically, Mark Nagata does a bunch of Kaiju Negora figures. But so... We have this awesome pillow in our room that Rachel made for us. And then my birthday party and now Lady Kyle's birthday party, she has made food and also included a lovely drawing that's uh, (laughs) (laughs) referencing something. So mine was the pumpkin uh, bread pudding, right? So this is pumpkin Ghidra bread pudding. And this is a drawing of King Ghidra with pumpkin heads, which (laughs) I love. Last night... Well, why don't you tell them what you made for Lady okay. Kyle? Last night, uh, I, I made Balten croissants. <laughs> 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 they were croissant sandwiches. That's awesome. That had little silver wrist um, cuffs on them to look like Balten claws. It was awesome. So there's this tray <laughs> of of croissant, and uh, <laughs> like people were coming up towards like. Closer to the end of the party, they like walk up to the tray because people <laughs> were just taking the the sandwiches and leaving the little Oops. aluminum foil yeah. cups, <laughs> and they'd look at the tray and be like, reach for a cuff and be like, oh, that's empty. Oh, they're all empty. <laughs> they are popular. <laughs> yeah, I ate through them that's pretty cool. fast. That's you won't good. get food from the prize, but I just want to say Rachel's crafty in a great way. So well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that's gonna do it for our housekeeping stuff. Oh, I did want to say for the kaiju core. Uh, <clears throat> Things have been really busy around here at the KaijuCast HQ. I know I've said multiple times, going to get that stuff sent out. I have been waiting on the last shirts. Still waiting. So I'm not super happy about that. Apparently, they're on their way down right now. Uh, I actually have a tracking number for them. Huzzah! Oh, so, uh, yeah, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> I'm going to figure out some better, better solution for the next round. But... Uh, Thank you very much for your patience. It really, 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 really is appreciated. And uh, I will get that stuff out, especially when I start sending out the stuff for the Kickstarter campaign, guys. I'm actually going to consolidate all that shipping into one big go. So having said that, I think it's time to close out the show. If you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory make sure you point your web browser to kaijucast.com to see what we are all about you can find links to our social media websites facebook twitter tumblr instagram and youtube man we need to do another youtube video and uh you can also find links to our friends websites in addition to the entire episode list the daikaiju discussion schedule and of course contact form and the halloween costume contest page is also up there we are uh, going to close out the show with one final song. And it's been a while since I've had something new and exciting here for music. It's, you know, once you kind of have everything in a sense, you really just kind of almost take for granted some of the stuff you do have. Now, we have Monster Music Mondays, so I get to play that stuff quite a bit, which is pretty rad. But I hadn't gotten a new CD or soundtrack or anything like that recently until now. I have the soundtrack by Yoko Ueno from Gamera the Brave. And we are going to close the show out with a song called 1973, Gamera Dies. Thank you so much for listening. And we will... Oh, thank you guys for being here. You're welcome. Thank you, man. Sure. And we will see you in November 
for another I don't even know what I'm going to do. Another awesome episode, I'm sure. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Jamata.